Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you believe you can live a pain-free, vital life? Do you want to step back into your power and share your gifts with the world? Are you ready to make a commitment? to you it's time to reclaim your inheritance as a self-healer welcome to the nature of healing hello healers i'm roseanne today we have an intuitive counselor a psychic medium and a trusted friend Renee Van Toll uh-huh. holds a degree in counseling from UCLA, which helps her deliver messages to her clients in clear and constructive ways. Basically, she teaches people to trust their own intuition. She has a big heart and a sharp wit, too. You can book a reading by her and find out more about her services at her website, ReneeVanToll.com. That's spelled R-E-N-E-E-V-A-N-T-O-L.com. I highly recommend it. But first, (laughs) a little background. Renee and I went to high school together in Minnesota, but I didn't really know her then because she was a year ahead of me. I knew her sister, though. And after a recent high school reunion, uh, I'd say a few years ago, her sister suggested that Renee call me. And that's how we finally connected. Thank you, Chantel. Renee? Yeah, thank you, Chantel. Yeah. (laughs) Shout shout out to her. Renee is a gifted healer because her intuitive gifts help people help themselves. And I always say that we are all healers as long as we're using and sharing our gifts. So Renee, my dear friend, welcome to the Nature of Healing podcast. Thank you, Roseanne. Thank you for having me. And you said such nice things about me. Thank you. Uh, Well, you need to be known more broadly to my audience. <laughs> so I want to... I think I would love your audience. Oh, I think they... And they're going to love you too because <laughs> what you are is... What you do really is you're a spiritual counselor. You help people reconnect yeah. to their spirit. And in doing so, you remind them of their soul's purpose and passion, which is so important today. I yeah. liken you to a translator for the higher self because most people unfortunately are disconnected from their higher or true self and Mm -hmm. that's why we're always looking for answers from experts or books instead of looking within and you Renee you do that with your special gifts when did you know that you had these gifts um let's see I think I've always had them I remember having them when I was very little, but I did not know it was anything unique. I thought everybody was like that. Um, I remember being able to see like uh, somebody's true self, like in their heart and um, just be able to see behind any facade in somebody, see if somebody was sick. I mean, imagine like a three-year-old coming up to you and saying, you're not in a very good marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you may need to divorce. And, and 
and then I would, you know, tell somebody that they need to go to the doctor. And um, I was really told often to just shut up. Just nobody wants to hear this. Shut up. How do you know this? And I was very shamed. And um, I don't know. It was just like, don't, don't do this anymore. Even what, no matter what you can see, don't say anything. Wow. So, so you basically gave that up for a little while? Um, I gave up telling people what I saw mm-hmm. unless there was some kind of opening. But I still at this time, I think maybe into my teen years, didn't really realize that I had anything going on that was um, with extra sense, like that I had anything paranormal or different going on. It was probably after my um, first near-death experience that I realized something bigger was going on. Wow. So basically you see into other dimensions and similar to like how people dream. So that, that ability is being able to tap into non-local, non-linear energy. And that's not typical intuition, I think, because you communicate <laughs> with these higher dimensional beings to help you. And unlike you who are born with these gifts, many people acquire these gifts through a near-death experience. Interestingly, this happened to you too. And many become shaman or many identify themselves as shaman. Can you share how, how that happened for you? I mean, this near-death death experience. Okay, well, I had a, um, a car accident when I was 13, and I, I went through the windshield. So I'm lucky to be alive, I should say. I'll give that to you first. Um, but I suffered severe traumatic brain injury, and my entire face, the bone in my face, was all crushed. So they had to rebuild, rebuild my face through my high school years, which was just nothing but fun. Um, so I was always coming to high school with like big bandages on my face. It said like fragile. Um, but it was during one of these reconstructive surgeries that, um, you know, they put you completely out. Like I was under general anesthetic and my brain wake, wake, wakes up like in the middle of the surgery and I can't breathe. And I'm telling my body, you know, you have to alert them. You have to tell the doctors and the nurses, like, you can't breathe. You can't breathe. And I couldn't move any part of my body. And I got really scared. And then next thing I know, I was above my body looking down. And I saw all this, all these people scurrying around, like, trying to figure out how to help me. And I just got really sad. And I said, oh, I feel so bad for that person down there, which was me. And then I looked up and I saw this light and I was like, Oh my God, that's where I'm going. And it's like this beautiful love and it's home and you remember it. And I just rushed there as fast as I could. And then I heard no. And the next thing I remember was Renee breathes, Renee breathes from, from my ear. Like I could hear them. And when I woke up, kept asking what what was all that that happened during surgery and nobody would ever tell me and I didn't really find out till I got my records at 18 that I had died during that surgery but I think that experience of seeing that source of love and knowing that it's there and knowing how much it's like a home to us kind of gave me an extra Faith, maybe like an extra 
like where I would be able to believe it. What I was saying, it was, um, I don't know, it just gave me some backup. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it took you till 18 to discover that truth. But then did you realize by then or after that fact that that you came back for a purpose? Nah. <laughs> I was 16 and a little bit of a wild child. I really didn't give it much, like in my consciousness, um, much significance. But I definitely stored it for, for later. For, uh, when I can look at it with a more clear mind <laughs> as I got older. Yeah. So what did you choose to do at that point after high school? Well, um, for some people, it would be called a gap year. For me, it was like a gap, like seven-year thing, where I modeled <laughs> <laughs> and went, went to Europe and, and just sort of, you know, explored and was adventurous and did that for about seven years. And then I landed in L.A. and I went to UCLA. I remember you in high school as this beautiful, tall, gorgeous goddess. You know, this. Oh, my God. You're so nice. <laughs> I remember I you. Dork. You stood out to me. I, I didn't know you. I knew your sister, like I said. And I just, I am not surprised that you modeled for, for that long. So where did you go? Where did you, what countries did you see when you were modeling? Um, let's see. I got discovered in Florida, and from Florida, I went to New York, and from New York, I went to Europe. Um, I lived in Paris. I lived in Milan. I lived in Germany, Austria, Switzerland. I, I saw it all. It was beautiful. Wow. It was beautiful. What type of modeling did you do? I did a lot of runway and um, print work, so just like magazine stuff, catalogs and that and it's um nothing as it's it's nothing like people think it is it's not real glamorous unless you're like one of the top 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 models of the world but I mean, people are really demeaning to models and i spoke all the languages and they didn't know so i just like listened to them talk about me yeah, <laughs> interesting <laughs> It's just, it's not, it's not good. It's not a good thing. It wasn't a good thing for me anyway. Yeah. So that drew you back to the United States. And what did you, mm -hmm. feel, what did you want to do at that point? Um, I, I just, I knew I had to kind of start figuring out my purpose. I couldn't just be traipsing around and not caring. Um, and I knew my purpose would be somehow in healing but I didn't know exactly where. So I went to uh, school for uh, counseling and started working with um, alcoholics and addicts and also with little kids. And then I found my love. That was my love, was, was helping people. And just even I loved working with kids and just getting them on some sort of path that they're safe. And I just kind of did that with my heart and knowledge I didn't really wasn't really utilizing my um, abilities then at all okay but I mean I had an extra sense that like say I was seeing a kid in my office you know I would get things that like I could I could see his mom I could see his dad and I could see the what was happening in the family but 
I didn't know that was that was weird or interesting. You thought everybody still, could. Did you still think yeah. everybody else could see that too? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> they would be like all mad when they wouldn't use their special abilities. <laughs> <laughs> like, can't you see this? It's so obvious. Yeah. Is it just is it you that you have this heightened sense of intuition that everybody has uh, innately, or is it something that you believe you acquired after that accident? No, I was definitely born with it. Like I remember, I remember choosing this life. I remember come. I remember being in my mother's son. I remember everything. Um, and I was definitely, definitely born with it. But I also think that maybe everybody has this somewhere in them. And maybe not to the heightened fact that I do, but you know, some part of this it has to be like some sort of genetic thing where we are able to read others because for survival, we had to be able to read a situation whether it was dangerous or okay, you know, in the days of yore, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think it has something to do with that. Like I can read, I can just see people. So maybe there's something in there. I don't know. Okay. You can see people and, and events going on in the family when you're faced with a situation where you're there to help them. Are you seeing that with everybody you run into on the street? Are you, is it kind of a distraction to you? Is it something you have to block out? Well, um, I didn't really find my control panel, like how to use all this stuff until I was like, you no know, later in my twenties. And when I started really understanding like what I could do and kind of getting organized. And that's when I realized that I could speak with um, spirits that have passed and that whole situation. Well, in the beginning I was just being inundated with so much information. Like I remember I was at a park one day with my daughter and I could just see the lives of the kids behind, you know, their past and their future. And a lot of it was kind of very sad. And so I, I was like, oh my God, this is, this, I can't, I don't want to know all this. This is like, I can't pay attention to my daughter. I just want to live my life, this good life and not be sad about some child over there that what's going to happen to him. So I had to start turning it off when I went out. I just had to. It was just making me crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. I've I've talked to other people like <clears throat> have that have similar gifts to you and they also had to early on turn it off because they were either visited by a lot of different beings, you know, interdimensional yeah. fourth dimensional beings that they did not want to be commiserating with all the time. <laughs> or so much time in a day. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's interesting. Do you think because you have these extra senses that they can see this, that's why they come yeah. to you. Yeah, they can I I think it's like a big light up in the sky, like a searchlight, and they can see it. Mm -hmm. And they see, you know, like, oh, it's like a cafe that's open. Let's go. So, and just think those are from that dimension of, this, you know, persons that have crossed over. It's just like any other place of people of all sorts of different personalities and such trying to get to you. And not... Some of them are wonderful and some of them aren't. Are they trying to get to you to get messages to other people or are they just coming to you for attention? Um, I have had a lot of the uh, first thing you said where I had a lot of spirits contacting me to 
to contact somebody that I don't even know. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to start just calling people out of the blue saying <laughs> I have the grandpa here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <I swear. laughs> so I had to tell that, I'd say, I'm really sorry. Find somebody closer to them, you know, work out, work it out a different way. So. So what, what do you want to tell people that, that about this communication beyond this dimension? Because so many people, when somebody dies in the family, believes that they'll never see them again, or they may see them in dreams. What do you know based on your experiences? Okay. Every, I would say every communication I've had with somebody who's crossed over, they always say, I'm still alive. Like, and that's like one of the first things they say. I'm still here. I'm right here. I'm alive. And I'm free. Like they can be everywhere at once. And, and, and there's just like this glee and joy in them um, to be where they are. And I've had a lot of them, uh, most of them tell me that whatever they believed when they were here, it was so different. And there's no religion there. And it's just like, it's love. And they are just fine. They are fine. It's the people they left behind who are, you know, grieving and sad. And I wish they just all knew that it's just a continuation. Our energy continues. It's just another state for us to be in. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's something we don't hear. We're not learning in school. We're, we're not hearing it in the media. Um, we have to go to somebody like you to really hear that. Yeah. And they're around you all the time. And I think a lot of them have told me like all the stuff they have done to try to get a message to their loved one, like, you know, open and shut the garage door 25 times, you know, turn the light on, you know, just some fun stuff that people just ignored or didn't listen or didn't let their intuition say, oh yeah, that's them saying hi. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you just have to open your eyes a little bit more and just accept that what's possible it's probable. Do you find that more people are coming to you now for answers than before? Well, um, I, have, I have noticed that a lot of people are coming to me now for their purpose, which is really new. Um, I would say even using the word purpose wasn't very um wasn't used a lot even a few years ago but people call me what is my purpose what is my best self like they really want to kind of get going on whatever that is which is great because my meditation prior to every every reading is you know god let me deliver the message i'm supposed to deliver today that this person needs to hear and help me Get them on their highest path, on their best self. We let them get there. Mm -hmm. So it's been working out. It's kind of like synchronicity. But then I do have the people who call me and say, this has happened more in LA, but, um, you know, money, this, or a job, bad, or dating, whatever. Right, right. And so even, even with those people, I would... I knew what they wanted, which was kind of like the easiest thing for me to do was just answer those questions. 
when what I really wanted was them to get a little bit deeper and find something more meaningful in our transaction together. So no matter what the questions are from the client, I try to give our time together something healing and meaningful for them to carry with them. Yes. And you do do that. I mean, we, when we got connected, we began working together sort of in that way. You gave me insights from which to navigate, you know, my situations. And then I Mm -hmm. suggested some healing protocols for you, even though at the time, Uh (laughs) even though at the time I didn't know your full history or all your symptoms, you kind of did not share all of that with me. And, but still, it was maybe it wasn't meant I wasn't meant to know because since I've added herbalism to my practice, I am seeing amazing results with people and and so when we could start using herbal tinctures for your traumatic brain injury, we started seeing some results um, or you started seeing some results. How have you been feeling lately? All right, let's just say this: it's way more than just seeing some fun results. Okay. (laughs) Seriously, everybody, um, I would literally go on the top of any building in the world and scream that what you do is miraculous and that everybody should call you instantly. (laughs) Because I have suffered um, these brain injury symptoms and I have tried everything. I've been to UCLA, Mayo, and you name it. I've been there, I've taken the medication or whatever. And with the tinctures that you gave me, I think I was just using that like for fatigue and um, like some infections. But when it started helping like my brain fog and um, like um, my, I finally had some extra oomph in me, like my spirit felt alive. Like it wasn't such an effort to engage with people. It was just like I had this, you know, internal energy that I didn't even know that I didn't have anymore. I mean, people, like all my friends and family just kept saying, what, what, something is different. You seem so much better. You seem so much better. It's amazing. It is truly, truly amazing, Roseanne. Never thank you enough. Well, you taught me something. I mean, I wasn't sure what we were doing. <laughs> um, you, you, I didn't, love that. you didn't give me, you know, you didn't give me uh, the diagnosis, which was great actually, because I don't really work with medical diagnoses because I find that they're, they're, they're too limiting. I like to look at the whole body and and f- kind of intuit uh, what's going on. So we're a lot alike yeah. in that way. We're both healers that way. Mm-hmm. In, by so you don't want information. the extra information, right? Yeah, it just kind of clouds your vision. Yeah, so I don't like that. Me really, too. Yeah, that's so cool, and that's yeah. why maybe that connects us. That's what brought us together, perhaps. And what I was seeing from your energy was infection, not any injury per se. Like, I, if you had given me the traumatic brain injury diagnosis, I might have looked at herbs that help the brain heal or tissue heal. What I saw was infection. So I developed an, a protocol based on something similar to a co-infection of Lyme disease. And so many right. people have these co-infections now that I'm always looking there 
first. And there's a whole list of possible viruses. And so we have to, we have to address those infections. And anywhere there's an injury, there's bound to be an infection. If you look in nature and you see a damaged tree, um, the first thing that will happen is that tree is susceptible to infection. And that's maybe the first tree in the area that will succumb to infection. I used herbs that would address the infection and also help calm and, and kind of relax. So the body can t- kind of take a breath and say, okay, these herbs here are are going to be used to help me. And so the your body knows intuitively and innately what to do with these herbs. It's not the herbs acting on the body in any way. That's what's beautiful about the spirit of these plants. It's your spirit working with the spirit of the plants. And your body says, okay, I'm going to use you in this way. I'm going to use you in this way. And so the plants act differently with different people. And that's what's beautiful about the nature of healing, the natural ability for, for us to work with plants is already innate. It's what we're born to do. So you are showing me this beautifully. Well, what's so cool is that what you're saying right now, like I felt that in my body, like I I couldn't put words to it, but my body was saying, well, thank God, you know, (laughs) you're delivering something that we could use here. And it's, and it, and I could just, feel my body saying, okay, I, I, I want to remember how to heal. I, I know I can do it. I'm a great machine and I just want to remember how to do it. And it's like the herbs kind of woke that part of me up. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I'm using them myself and I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I see that too. And it's like, they just want to be acknowledged. They just want to say, well, look at, I've been here all along. And what I tell my clients often is that look in your own backyard because the herbs that grow near you are there for you. They're growing there for, for you specifically. So if you have a lot of burdock, wow. yeah, which is, I have burdock all over the place, in fact. Um, and that's kind of my main herb. I really love that herb. It's great for uh, the liver, kidneys, digestive system. It's one of those herbs that does everything beautifully. It's an, it's an alternative, so it cleanses the blood. It's a lymphatic. It, it works on many levels and in many, on many layers. And I have this burdock growing at the bottom of my steps from my porch right at the bottom. And it's huge. Like I can't walk down the steps because I would run into it, you know, or have to jump Whoa. over it. So it's like, here, look at me. Look at me. This I'm for you. <laughs> use me, use me. <laughs> yeah. And I have um, tinctured some burdock root. That's the part of the plant that people can eat. They can make into tea. They can tincture. I do. I've tinctured some of that, but um, you can also use it encapsulated. And I recommend, I mean, that's a very safe herb for everybody to use uh, just for general health and well-being. But other people might have lemon balm growing or, um, you know, fever few, which is great for headaches, migraines. What you have there is there for you. And that's what nature is trying to show us. And the plants are trying to trying to talk to us. And we only have to listen. We only have to reconnect to nature and listen to what it's telling us. That is so true. And do you know, Remember when I said that I saw you in front of a group with your tinctures? Yes. I think what that was was um, that 
I think that is what you're supposed to be out there with. Like, I think that's the sweet spot for you and, and how the, um, you're just going to be able to spread more healing that way. I love that because, you know, it, it tells me that I kind of, I'm on the right path that I really, I love to be with the herbs. I love to, I'm growing some to watch them grow so I can see who they are as they develop. You know, they're all individual personalities, like you said. And yeah. Um, just like, you know, these plants have spirit and, you know, everything that's real and organic alive has infused spirit within it. So it, it, it's a representation of that greater creator and we're all representations. And I just feel like sometimes I'm talking to people now and the name of a plant will come to mind, like lemon balm, somebody, somebody who needs uplifting, really calming, um, who is not in their right mind, really depressed, lemon balm uh-huh. comes to mind for me. Um, and wow. that you can use as a tea or a tincture. Yeah. And so I took your so advice. You're having an, are you having intuition about each herb? Like, like you, so the herb name comes to you and then do you just kind of know what it's good for or do you have to look it up? Well, I've, I've taken enough classes now and done enough reading where I know a lot about, well, a little uh-huh. about many different plants, just a little about many different plants. So if I want to know more, right. I, do, I do look it up. But sometimes, like the ones that I really understand well, one of those will come to me because really many plants can do the same thing. Uh, right, so right. As long as I have a good base of a few plants, that will help me right now. And then I'm always learning about more plants and adding more plants to my uh, apothecary because I am collecting and making tinctures. And so I have, um, I don't know, maybe 70 different plant tinctures that I, I work with right now. But wow. But, but yeah, the ones that I know well will, will come into my head when I'm, when I'm with a person or talking to a person. And usually I'll, I'll either give them one or I'll make a formula. So with you, right. um, based on your symptoms and this long, long-term chronic situation, you're going to need a tonic, which a tonic is like a tea or a tincture that's more mild. I love a good tonic. Yes, I, I love the tonic. Yeah, and so you have like fennel and motherwort or something, you know, different things in there that calm and relax and and also heal the tissue. And those you take on a regular basis for a long time. And over time, six months, let's say, your body will heal itself using those. And then other herbs are used specifically for infection and they target the specific microbe and also help boost the immune system. So you're working in, in many different ways with these plants. These plants help you do many different things, but they're all very subtle and easy. They're not attacking in any way. They're not necessarily stimulating because you don't want to stimulate an immune system that's maybe uh, hyperactive to start with or an autoimmune condition. You want to refrain from using herbs that will stimulate. So there are many, many oh. herbs that um, act as mod- not modulators, but balancing. They balance by by allowing the body to use them in the way that it needs to. So I was just thinking. So if um, plant, plants are alive, so they have a certain energy. Mm-hmm. So when you're putting all this in your body, that energy, whatever it is, is going in there, as opposed to like a pharmaceutical thing. You put that in your body and your body's like, oh no, now what? But you put the plants in there and it just knows what to do because it's like a healing energy that's already coming in as a healing energy. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're working on an energetic level, a higher level. And, you know, these drugs, what they do is they suppress the immune system. So you're suppressing the symptoms that are there to show you to wake up. Like you're all your symptoms right. and all my symptoms, anybody's symptoms are there to show you to wake up, look at me, listen to my language and address right. it now. Address it. Don't don't ignore me. But what we do when we take a drug is we push those symptoms down, which is your spirit. You're pushing your spirit down and you don't have that connection anymore. So people are so disconnected from their spirit. And why? Because partly because they're choosing to use drugs to suppress that. Spirit is the best part of us. Exactly. It has our answers. And then your, everything. your ability to connect to that spirit in each, in each of us when you talk with a client, you are helping reconnect those people to their spirit and their purpose. So you are achieving your, your purpose here when you do that. Well, I hope so. I just try to remind everybody that we are spirits having a human being experience. Us being human is just like a fraction of what we're doing here. The human being experience, although it's important, but if you align your humanity with your spirituality, like in a 50-50 way, that's the best. That, that would be great if everybody could do that. I, I think we're in a time where, like you say, people are coming to you for their purpose. I think we're all feeling uh, this pressure to to do something bigger than we are and to reconnect to something bigger than we are as just physical beings and to open up and recognize where are these spirit beings um, because what we're doing now is not working. <laughs> it's not working to help no. anybody. People are suffering and, and miserable. And like you say, there is this beautiful love that we can connect to that's part of us. And that, you know, you had to die to experience it. <laughs> um, yeah. Which makes me wonder, you know, is this is not the truth. This life that we're living is not the truth. Um, it's a truth. It's part of the truth. It, but it's not all of us. I mean, it's... Um, I get, I get a lot of people who just say, well, can't I just be done with this being human business and just live it or not live and just go, go to spirit and just forget, forget this body and forget this human, human experience. I said, well, that's a good idea. However, um, us enjoying our humanity, enjoying the human experience is really a big part of us being here. Um, just to discount everything we experience as human is not, I don't think it's the way to go. I think we learned a lot of lessons. We came here for lessons. Um, we came here for love and friendship and joy. And to discount all that would just be a shame. I agree. Yeah. I mean, what is the best thing in the world? The best thing in the world is being with people you love, talking, laughing, and connecting. It's awesome. You know, it's my favorite thing. And we get to do that because we're human. We're, we're, it's kind of human and we get to laugh and I don't know, there's some, there's some great stuff about it. It's true. It seems like there's so many things that work against our ability to do that on a regular basis. You know, the the way the system's set up, it doesn't just naturally allow us to do what we want to do. No, no, it doesn't. It seems like the system is made up so we forget what we're doing here, forget that we have a spirit, and it keeps us, I mean, ever since the home computer, we're kept apart. 
so and I think connection is is the healing part of being human to, to connect and um, reach out to others and all that that's that's where my compass shows me is the, the place to be it's yes. the place to look for yeah so I always said it's a, it's for soul growth that we're here to to teach a soul lesson so we can move up you know the the rank so to speak maybe earn our wings earn our wings along yeah. the way. <laughs> Yeah, and nobody ever, ever wants, you don't ever want to come to Earth. It's not like, um, yeah, it's like choosing a college. Uh, yeah, I'll go to Earth. Okay, it can make me, because it is really dense here. The energy is um, kind of primitive. It's dense, and it does have this level of hostility. And for a spirit being who comes from this world of light and love and freedom it's really hard to encapsulate that into a human body and then be with this really dense dense energy that's so very different than how we really are so i think a lot of us have to go through a a period of um difficulties to just sort of get our our energy in this 3d level far away from our higher frequencies that we really are to start believing like a human you know that Things are scary. It's good to be fearful. I mean, all the stuff that's ingrained into us in the time that we start here, it's just so different than we really are. You have to get brainwashed to believe it. Yeah. So how, so do you recommend certain ways to increase your vibration while we're here? How do you do that? What do you recommend? Well, my first thing that I always recommend is I get a lot of people who can't even find their intuition. They have, they're blocked off from it. So I say, what does your intuition say? And they go, what? I don't know. And so I have a lot of people who only are listening to their egos and their brains. That's not good. I mean, <laughs> that's good if you're writing books and, and doing math. But um, mm-hmm. to, to guide yourself in the world, it's, it's the intuition that you have to listen to. And that's why I always call God's compass. He gave us that. We have that within us. To, so we can navigate. So I try to get everybody to connect to their intuition. So one of the first things I'll say is, where in your body do you think your intuition is? Or where do you think you hold it? And a lot of people say, like, the stomach or the heart, which is kind of where I kind of feel mine too. And so I just try to start getting them to just start listening and delving in there and connecting. And once they do that, then they can kind of see the more spiritual side of themselves. Yeah. So if you know you do have a spirit, then you can look from a different perspective at, uh, at your life and your future. You, you can see in new ways, right? And you're saying that's how they can lift themselves up. Yeah, by, because they're listening to their true selves all, all of a sudden. They're, and their true self has been speaking to them and begging them for attention this whole time. You know, just like, the body begs for attention. The spirit, it says, you know, I can help you. Set me free. <laughs> Let me get some skin in the game here. So wow. I can connect them there. It just seems like the universe then just sort of propels them to keep finding out more about themselves and, and learning more. It just kind of starts them off. And, it, and it's weird. Like you, you said to me about how you, when you make a decision, the universe kind of helps you. And, that's the same with 
the decision to get, get to know your intuition or your spiritual side. That's the ultimate. The universe wants that from you. And they want you to take all the hurt or trauma or whatever you've experienced in your life and somehow turn that into something that you've healed from and can give that healing to others. That is the ultimate human experience that we do here. That's what our whole gig is that we're the only beings in the universe that can do that. Is that because Earth is the only place that allows us to do that? I think that's one of the big reasons we're here. Yeah, yeah. To experience, because, you know, so much of the duality, to experience the harsher side of that and come out on the lighter side. Yeah. Well, like I say, um, I have a girlfriend who, who lost her, her baby. And it was just a horrible, horrible experience. Like, it's just so sad I can't even talk about it. But, um, and she was just beside herself. And this was, okay, 20 years ago. And what she does today is she's opened up a hospice for, you know, children and babies and their parents, like a beautiful place to be when you have to say goodbye to your, your child. Mm. And that's where I go. Now that is it. That's, she's carved out a possibility for others now, you know, a place to, a thing to do with your grief. That's beautiful. That's a wonderful example. Yeah. Your life is an example as well. You've taken your injury and your experiences and you've made it to, you know, turn it around to help other people do the same. Yeah, I just go, okay, another notch in the belt of something that I can empathize with. <laughs> you know, whatever happens, I'm, somehow I know I'm going to really use this somewhere. I mean, it's easier now as an adult because you kind of realize what the big deals really are at this point. But yeah, I do um, have a lot of empathy from everything that I've um, been through. And I know people can go through it and live and be happy and reach out to others with their experience. Yeah, I do know that. You give so much hope to so many, so many people. And, you know, one reason is because you're this bright, bright light. You have this great energy. <laughs> and I this think that, it, you know, but it's true. And a lot of people are attracted to you, to you for that. That's what your purpose is here to be a, a beacon of light kind of. And I think we all want to be beacons of light secretly. Um, sometimes it's not so safe to be a beacon of light, especially in this, you know, dense earth situation. Right. But, but you also remind people that nothing is set in stone. You know, they come to you for advice on their future, perhaps, or yeah. what, will, what will happen in my love life or what, you know, who's coming in or, but you always remind people that, you know, there's many possible futures and they're all based on individual choices. So really that your future rests on your choice. But you know what we're saying? I don't, I think I'd say in the last two years, that's become more, very significantly true. I would say like 10 years ago or even five, it just seemed more concrete. Like I could, look at somebody's future and just really know some certain things that were going to happen. But now when I do it, somebody's future, I see a lot of timelines, like a lot of different possibilities that I didn't notice before. Um, so I don't know if that's a difference in all of us, but it has seemed like you can change your destiny. I guess you can. 
That is so important I more, to know. I think we're a lot more powerful than we know. And I think our thoughts are definitely extremely powerful. And if somebody is thinking very negatively, in the, and I think a lot of people think very negatively, and they don't even know, or they don't pay attention to their thoughts. So I, when people say, you know, how can I be brighter? How can I, you know, be more joyful or, you know, be a bright energy for somebody else? I always say, well, what, what do you think about on a daily basis? Because those thoughts literally man, do manifest in your life and they definitely change how you feel about what you're doing. So <clears throat> I do try to get people to pay attention to their thoughts and just stop thinking the negative ones. And once you get into it, once you start practicing it, it becomes really, really easy. That is great advice because our perception about life leads us to our belief systems, which lead us to our thoughts, which lead us to our feelings, really manifest our reality, our individual reality. So we have to be very careful on how we perceive the world and really know how we perceive it. Do we perceive it in a positive way or a negative way? We have a choice. I know. And most people really do perceive it very negatively. And if you just watch TV, I mean, everything on there is to incite fear or question or distrust, violence. I mean, it's just everywhere around us. It's like you've got to take control of your brain and train it. You know, stop using the pathways of negative thought and start making new pathways of positive thought. But first realize what you're thinking. Perfect. Perfect advice. Yeah. yeah and I think yeah. turn off the TV is what you're saying. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Turn off the TV and get your news from an alternative news source. And that, I don't know, there's so many things to say about that. Yeah. I mean, but even I'm finding in the alternatives, I'm kind of running in the alternative movements, you know, I don't uh-huh. watch TV yeah. and pay attention to the mainstream. But even in, in the alternative movement, we have issues with controlled opposition. So it's like this is where you go to your own intuition to find your answers because you cannot find them and trust them all outside of yourself. That's what, that's what this world is teaching me in this life. It's like, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Do not look for answers outside yourself. Some are true, some are false. That's what happens in a dual world. You're going to, in a dual reality, everything is going to be um, written with truisms and falsehoods. You're going to find right. both in everything. So you really need to go to your own intuition and, and, and strengthen it, just like you're saying. Yeah. And, and then create that future. Not, yes. And really, you know, the more you and I talk about it, or I'm thinking, say us average Americans just lurking around in the world know maybe a percent to half a percent of the truth of what's really going on at any time in this world. So why even, if you only know 1% of a story, why even go into it? Why go into that story? Right. Good point. And this, I don't know. I think, like you said, I get the more honest and true answer when I don't get any outside opinions about anything. I can find that truth without, um, without looking elsewhere for it. Renee, you're reminding me that everybody is their own gift. That's why we're here. We're gifts to ourselves. You are. Well, you're a gift to yourself and to everybody in the universe mm-hmm. because you're a magic healer. 
Oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm not even saying that as a joke. I'm saying it as true. <laughs> I would say the same thing about you, Renee. Um, <laughs> and basically what you're saying is that everybody is a gift. We're all gifts in this universe. Oh, God, we are. There is a best part of everyone. You ever see some crabby old guy and then you start talking to him and you go, oh, but wait, he's got this cute little part or whatever. You know, there's something really lovely in him. So that, that's true of everyone. And, and I just wish they knew it. Just everybody knew it. Even the crabby ones are gifts, you're saying, because it reminds us to strengthen our boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds us to not let that person in your life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because we have a right, you know, we're free beings, we have free will, and we don't have to take on other people's junk. Especially if they're your in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you do have to look very hard within the crappy person to find the good stuff, but um, yeah, there, I think there is something important in all of us, and it's best to try to find that in somebody if you have to. So what do, what do you tell people who say, well, I can't talk to my brother or sister or, or my parent is, is, or my in-laws, for instance, they don't get me and how to, how to respond to them or not to respond to them or how do you, is, is that person necessarily a soul family member or are they here by contract to help us nudge us back on our path in some way? Well, okay. So first, to the first question about what do you do with mm, tricky family members. I say if somebody is uh, abusive to you or mean and you feel hurt or you're in a constant state of something negative, then and they're always mean to you and no matter what you do, it doesn't change except that you get you feel worse, then I have totally said to people, you know, just don't talk to them. You can just not have contact. But if the person has to put up more energy to block the person out, because that does take a lot of energy for some people, mm -hmm. or does it take, or can you change your energy towards the situation when you're with them? I kind of just, it kind of goes with each di person differently and how they, what their strengths are, I'd say. But it is hard to be with tricky family members. And if there is a, a way to disconnect for it yeah i agree um, don't you think yeah but sometimes you're in a situation where you have to be among those people that you don't get along with and you can't right. really ignore them so what do you tell them then <laughs> <laughs> um well and i just know this from my own life i i just know like I say things like, you know what, that person's just whatever, you know, not a great guy or whatever, not good, but they're not going to change. The only thing you can do is change your response. Yeah. You know, just, just kind of God love them there, but the grace of God go I or whatever. And just don't take their personality personal. That's what I wish I would have known when I was younger. Don't take these people personal because they treat everybody like crap. You're not, you're not alone. You know, don't take it personally, rise above it. That's great. Um, and I, you know, I'm apolitical. I don't have a horse in the race. I don't take on the stripes of one political party or another, but I am working, um, 
in the in the legislature here in Wisconsin to help pass a bill to you know for healers to help them be able to continue to practice without being criminalized okay that's the world right. we live in um okay. and so i end up having to go and speak with these legislators at the capitol and at first i didn't want to do it but yet i'm trying to work within the system that i agreed to when i came here <laughs> so how did i change my how do i do this well i go there with an open heart and i look at them as human beings who have a soul just like I do. And I hope most of them do mm -hmm. have a soul. <laughs> so that's how I work. And uh, really, I think miracles happen when you do that because what you put out, you get back in return. And so if you want to put out a lot of harsh negativity, which is what you might be experiencing around you, you're just, right, right. You're just pulling yourself down you know, to be a more dense, low vibrational human being. And you're not helping the planet at that point. You're not helping anybody. But if you can help raise that vibration by being that vibration, you know, being that love that you talk about, that's yeah. where real change happens. So that's, that's what you talk about. It's what you promote. I promote. I think if everybody promoted that, do you think we'd see a different world? Okay, Renee, I know that timelines are not accurate going out in the future and mm -hmm. there could be many possible timelines, let's say, based on our choices. but. Right. The way things are going right now, people are sensing do you know an unpredictable, uncertain near future. So many people right. can't be wrong. So what what is your take on that? Do you, what is your perception about the very near future? Well, um, interesting. You should ask, Roseanne. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think it was because one of our something made me do like a prediction list. And when I do a prediction list, I do it from the day of, the day I'm doing it, and then I do it to the exact same day, like I did it, say, July 3rd, 2019, to July 3rd, 2020. And so I did predictions for, for just that year. And um, I got a bunch of crazy stuff that I haven't seen so clearly before when I've done, you know, future predictions about the world. I mean, really... When something is going to come true, it's like right there. It's not like far off in the distance. I have to kind of like stare at it and look for it and try to bring it into focus. It's something that's like right there and very, it's like watching a, a complete movie that's really true. It's very distinct and concrete. That's it. So that's what I was seeing. And I was seeing um, the uh, re-election of Trump. Um, and then I was seeing just the disintegration of our um, system, uh, Wall Street and the banking system, I guess, is already failing, but, well, we know it's already failing, but I think it's failing a lot worse than we know. I think somebody up on top is buying, buying time for their own benefit so they can get in the right place. Um, I think the worst thing is that we're going to be fighting each other when all this goes down. And I used to think that we had years like, oh, you know, if we just recycle enough and love each other enough, we have 10 years and we can turn this whole thing around. But I just, I, I, I think we're out of time. Yeah, you make a good point. Um, there does come a point of no return for some things, a financial system, uh, the way we live, some of these things might be coming to a halt. 
And what do we do about that? You, you know, the planet itself is being destroyed. And when the planet is being destroyed, it, the life on the planet is being destroyed. So a lot of people are sensing that. And they wanted, you know, they want to know, are we past the point of no return? And, and basically, a lot of people are dreaming that too. They're dreaming floods. They're dreaming oh, yeah. disaster. Oh, years. Yes. So you're yeah. starting to put the pieces together from different people. You know how the mm -hmm. old cultures used to gather together every morning and share their dreams? Tell their stories. Yeah, yeah. And so that they could know the future. Well, if you talk to people who are very sensitive like you are or have these dreams, they're all dreaming the same thing. You know what you're saying? I, I guess we could mark it by, okay, Trump's re-election. People can follow that timeline. If he's re-elected, then... I mean, it's going to be hard before it gets better. Well, okay, so this is weird that I'll, I'll tell you. So in this timeline, well, in the predictions that I was writing, I wrote down that um, they can't, they, the infamous they, the big, you know, Trump and his buddies, let's say, the, um, the top millionaires and tribillionaires. And I mean, these guys all hang out together. It's a club. It's a men's club. And they, they hang out together. And I just, saw that there were several of them in this club who had videotapes of Trump and other big wigs with um, underage people. And then today I find out that Jeffrey Epstein, who is a Trump buddy and who runs that pedophile island, was arrested. And he's got so many videos on all the top people that I can't believe he got arrested because he's going to take everybody down with him. So I'm just wondering. So I saw that in the timeline and then it happened. Wow. Maybe they arrested him to stop the videos from coming out. Well, if he lasts through the weekend, it'll be fascinating. I've been kind of following that guy's story because that's something that really upsets me is um, pedophilia. And I was just surprised that it had happened right after I thought it would. Yeah, so your predictions are coming true one by one. On the other hand, I think that it just shows us the people that are in, in charge on this planet are corrupt and they're the ones that are causing this this breakdown, you know, of our reality as we know it. And but they themselves aren't necessarily the ones in charge. I always feel like there's this shadow government, this the the shadow people who work behind them that are pulling the strings. Oh yeah. Puppets. So it doesn't matter who's president because whoever is has to play that role and are being pulled, you know, in one way or another. Right. Like, is there any way that Trump has his finger on the red button? I've heard that he's here to, to stop it or to make it go forward. So there's supposed to be three world wars. And if it's set in stone, if there's a playbook that everybody's following, you know, mm -hmm. this playbook, and it doesn't matter who's in office. They're just going to follow the playbook. Then, you know, I mean, I'm wondering if there's a way to stop the playbook. Way to stop the playbook is to not play along. Yeah. to say, hey, there's a, there's a playbook, and I don't want to play this game. So there. Yeah. <laughs> Basically taking yeah. the controls back. Right. We don't have to do, I mean, there's so much that we just do because we're told and we're supposed to. I mean, we don't even know how we could truly be or live. We're just so inundated with information about how we should be. Right. 
and you could be seeing a timeline that's just one possibility, you know, and that there could be another timeline that could play out if everybody right now stopped believing what the playbook's been telling all of us and realized that, like you said, 1% is truth of all the lies around us. Yeah, what am I kidding? It, it could definitely change. I do see no matter what, and I don't know exactly how, there is going to be a change in the way we live. A definite change in the way we live. And, um, and actually, I think it's a, kind of a good change. I think it's something that will get us back to what we're supposed to be doing here. But um, you're right. You're right. There's a different timeline could take over at any, any point. If I guess enough people just stop playing, huh? Yeah. Huh. I, I don't know. I think they should, everybody should be making some plans, though. They should just have a plan. I agree. I agree. People need, I, yes. I, need, I think people need to realize that this planet has been kind of taken over. They're working for their own benefit. Yeah. We see that in many different situations. And I think the best way, way to combat that or, or protect yourself is to prepare for uh, the system kind of crashing, like not having access through the digital network. Um, what do you do? Right. How do you go back and live before that time? I. I think, okay, this is what I have always seen is that we need to be aligned with a certain group. Now, it doesn't mean like a political party, but just like a group in your, your neighborhood. I mean, you just kind of have to have some people that you're kind of have a plan with that you know what to do. And I don't, I don't know. I just feel like that's, even if you never have to use it, it's just good to have a plan. Who are you going to meet up with? Where are you going to meet? What are you going to have? Stuff like that. That's great advice. I always too said it's it's good to form communities because that you you know people in Washington th thousands of miles away aren't going to be the ones to come and protect you or to help you manage day to day. You need to form communities with like-minded people, not your neighbors necessarily, but like-minded people, have a plan, know where your food's coming from, know where your water's coming from, um, you know, get ready. But you want them to be kind of close to you. Because like, what if, you know, we can't drive or, you know, you want to be able to walk to where you meet or you just want to be sort of close, close enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something is amiss. Something, you know, and I think that's why everybody is kind of finding their own little niche of the weirdness, like, you know, flat earth or whatever. Everybody's kind of got their own little conspiracy thing going on. Is that, that's because everybody feels like that. There's something amiss and everybody wants to try to figure out what it is. And maybe each person gets a teeny, teeny part of the story. But you know what? Let's not get bogged down in, um, what would you call that? Conspiracy thinking or, cause you know what? That is, an, I think those are negative feelings. What do you, do you think so? I do too. And I think it's what it's, what we're coming around to understanding is that we need to live each day in a positive light and, and be the, yeah. the change we want to see, you know, live what, who we are by sharing our gifts. That's why we're here. We can't really control what happens in this matrix no. <laughs> situation. We, can't. We, can, we can control our choices and how we live. And so maybe that's, that's why we're here. You know, when some people ask me, like I've had a lot of people ask me, oh, will you be my mentor for, um, you know, psychic medium stuff so you can help me or, um, 
know, some people need an angel for something and they need a teacher. And I always, whenever I crave that or ask for that, I end up that day having to teach or be an angel for somebody else. And if I woke up every morning just knowing, you know what, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to be open to helping and being an angel for somebody else. And if you could live your life like that, oh, it'd be great. I love that. That's exactly what we should be doing. Perfect. Yes. Perfect last words. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the last word. Dan, you have been an angel to me and you're a gift. And I thank you so very, very much from the bottom of my heart. Aw, Renee, I feel the same way about you. You are a Aww. beautiful beacon of light. You are so important to this world right now in Aww. these times. And I'm so glad that Chantal connected us. And I love, I love you and I love Chantel. I love you. Give her my love. Um, I will, honey. And for those who want some assistance from your higher self, your true self, book an appointment with Renee. Go to reneevantol.com. Information will be in the show notes. And for all my listeners, until next time, healers, lots of love. Visit or consult with Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath, at natureofhealing.org, or you can find her books at her website and at amazon.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.